This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. August 20th, 1968. The Prague Spring is over. Late at night on the 20th and into the early hours of the 21st, the Soviet Union and its Warsaw Pact allies invaded the capital of Czechoslovakia. Three people were reported dead in minor clashes throughout the city. The New York Times reported that Prague Radio, the voice of the liberalized government of reformist party secretary Alexander Dubček, urged calm all night. Dubček called on people not to resist the Soviet troops to avoid a bloodbath. As day broke, a heartbroken-sounding announcer on Radio Prague said, We're still here, but when you hear our Czechoslovak national anthem, it will be the end. A few seconds later, the radio began playing the Czech nationalist composer Smetana's majestic Voltava. And then there was silence. And then the national anthem. The invasion force was 200,000 strong. It was the largest military action in Europe since World War II. The reported death toll was about 70. What came to be known as the Prague Spring had begun in January, when Dubček was elected first secretary of the Czechoslovak Communist Party, the leader of the country. Along with President Ludwig Svoboda, Dubček oversaw a program of liberalization. The government loosened restrictions on travel, speech, and the press, and moved to decentralize the economy. Dubček called it socialism with a human face. The Soviet Union wasn't too happy about this. Hardliners saw talk of reform and democratization as criticisms of Soviet policies. Leader Leonid Brezhnev was a conservative, but he was also a coalition builder. He tried to find a compromise between hardliners and reformists in his government, and he initiated talks with Dubček's government. But there was never a compromise that satisfied the hardliners. As uncomfortable as they were with the liberalized policies, what they really hated was the freedom of the press that allowed for criticism of Soviet policies and authorities. The invasion upended the American political scene. The 1968 presidential campaign was in full swing. The Democratic National Convention in Chicago was less than a week away. President Lyndon Johnson had been talking with the Soviets, hoping to reach some kind of compromise on Vietnam. Johnson had dropped out of the race, but his vice president, Hubert Humphrey, was seen as running to continue his policies. Senators Eugene McCarthy of Minnesota and George McGovern of South Dakota were the peace candidates. The Johnson administration had been expecting the Soviets to limit the Prague Spring reforms, but was surprised by the invasion, the suddenness and severity of it. 
In an analysis headlined, What Czech Invasion Crisis Means, James Reston of the New York Times wrote that the invasion would ratchet up the Cold War, and that would be bad news for the peace candidates. And while it was good news for Humphrey, it was particularly good news for the Republican candidate, Richard Nixon, who had never wavered from the fiercely anti-communist stance he'd taken in the 1940s. Soviet leaders thought it would take four days to crush the Prague Spring. It took eight months. The people stuck to their policy of widespread but nonviolent resistance. There was non-cooperation and a million forms of sabotage down to the level of replacing street signs to confuse Soviet troops. By the spring of 1969, all of the reforms had been reversed but one. The splitting of Czechoslovakia into two, the Czech Socialist and the Slovakian Socialist Republic. Dubček survived and stayed out of prison. The new government even made him ambassador to Turkey at one point. They may have hoped he would defect, but he stuck around. When the communist government fell in the Velvet Revolution in 1989, he made a memorable appearance with President Václav Havel. A few years before that, the Soviet Union had begun its own program of liberalization under Mikhail Gorbachev. He admitted that his policies of glasnost and perestroika openness, and reform, were heavily influenced by Alexander Dubček's socialism with a human face. Someone asked him what was the difference between the failed Prague Spring and this new glasnost. Gorbachev said, 19 years. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your studio.